whenever something great, something big comes along, we get ready, we prepare. And as this last Sunday in Advent unfolds, let's focus on Mary, because she has a lot to teach us. Please be seated. It's not news, but you know as well as I that we're coming down the home stretch of this Advent season. And as we look at the Advent wreath, we see with increasing light illuminating a little bit this place with the understanding that it lights the world even until that center candle is lit, revealing, reminding us of Jesus. Where do we start with such things? I've been asking during these weeks, where do we begin with Advent? And my answers have been, well, let's begin at the beginning. And we went to the beginning, Genesis chapter 3, when after the fall, it was said by God, the seed of the woman, the child is going to crush the head of you, the serpent, Satan. That was the first promise of what we are soon to celebrate. And then I said, talked about how we begin with Advent at the end, because unless we understand the end, we really don't understand what's in between the beginning and the end. And the third was Jesus' presence with us right now. He comes to us right here, right now. He did in baptism. He comes again and again through his word. And as we'll celebrate, it's Jesus who comes to us in bread and wine this morning. That's the threefold, the, the classical threefold coming of Jesus that gets attention this season. But I want to add number four, because I think it's important. The coming of Jesus begins right here in the heart, in our hearts. And you know, we can look at Mary to help us deal with this, very much so, as she was an integral part of the greatest story ever told. And she stands in many, many ways, head and shoulders among us, those who believe in Jesus who's coming. She certainly responded with humble obedience, to be sure, and much can be said about that. But there are a couple of indications of at least one more aspect of her preparation for the coming of the Savior. In verse 19, as the story of Jesus' birth unfolded, verse 19 from Luke said this, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And later, a little bit later, after a number of things had unfolded in Luke 2, verse 51, it gets repeated so we don't miss it. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. Treasure, ponder and treasure. It's important. She treasured then and she kept on treasuring to be sure. You know, I wish, I really wish Mary would have written a book I'm sure that if she had a baby book, she would have filled it in. And I'm certain that if she had a camera, she would have taken picture after picture. I mean, what mom doesn't today? 
as part of treasuring what takes place. So that leads us to talk about value. As we treasure, we treasure those things that are really, really valuable. What is it that you treasure? Is it your child? And that whole birth thing, so very important. How about your spouse? How about your parents? How about anything else? I ask you, remember, in November, as we talked about stewardship, what you value? And I ask you to think about that, maybe by looking at your checkbook, and your bank balance, or your credit card statement to see, well, just where does my money go? And that certainly tells a story and shows about our treasures, our values, and our time. Our time in terms of what and why we do with it. How often? Our motivation and a lot of questions about what ultimately do we think about, ponder, and what do we value? And here's where we talk about faith. Not just in general, but where we consider faith in God. And it seems to me that there are, broadly speaking, at least two areas, two places where we show the treasure for God in our faith. Head and heart. Head. Generally, we as Lutherans are head people. Uh, Many of us, I don't know how many here, are of German descent. And Germans certainly almost have a corner on the head. They're very cerebral type of people. Not way out there, but in terms of our living. Some of you experience parents in a culture where everything revolves around what we know, what we learn. Reminds me of a German couple that I read about once that because of some difficulties, went to a counselor. And the counselor looked at the wife and he said, well, what's the problem? Why do you come here? And she looked at him and glanced at her husband and she said, he never tells me that he loves me. And the counselor turned to the man and said, well, is that true? And he said, I told her I loved her when we got married. And You know, unless things change, that's the way it is. (laughs) That's a typical response of head people. Can you relate? I told you once. I don't need to tell you again. Just the facts, ma'am. Remember the old detective show? Know your Bible stories. Learn your catechism. Get your doctrine straight and value that. Do those sound familiar as ringing in your ears or coming out of your mouth? That's the way it is for many people. That's what they understand and grab hold of, of this Christian faith. But there's something more. Faith is like a coin. And coins have two sides, don't they? And this is a part, the the head is a part of our Christian faith. But there's also more. It's not just, I believe in God the Father Almighty and say the creed, one or another. It's not just saying, I'm a Christian. This faith coin, it's flip side. Whether it's heads or tails, doesn't matter, is the heart. 
head and heart. Mary knew that. She did. You know, we don't really know. When Luke wrote his gospel, you know, he said he carefully researched everything and talked to eyewitnesses. I can't help but wonder whether Mary was one. And it's Luke who tells us of not so much her head, but her heart. And as you heard John read those other two readings this morning, it was Paul who gave a very heartfelt description in the first person about what Jesus was in his heart and what that was all about. John, in, in his letter that we heard this morning, the very same thing. They knew that faith was also heart stuff. And actually, get down to it, Jesus expressed the very thing, same thing. He showed us his heart. Shortest verse in the Bible. After Lazarus died, remember? Jesus wept. His heart was broken. He wept from his heart. And he cried out from the cross. Not all that long afterwards. He cried out with, with deep emotion. Heart stuff, to be sure. To be sure. The heart side of Advent and preparing for him. It's not all about emotion, apart from being footed and, and rooted in fact. It is more than just that. Because God made us emotional people. He did. And that's not a bad thing. You know, we were created in the image of God, like him. Not him, but like him. And God is a God of emotion. We read it in the Old and in the New Testaments. God is that kind of one, a being. And our emotions, they're a good part of who we are. Ask any psychologist or ask any advertiser, and they know what is the truth that I'm talking about. Because when we buy things, when we engage in things, it's from the heart, primarily even. Our heads, to be sure, but they know that directly or indirectly, they're looking, they're pointing towards something deeper within us to sell their product, to move us to action, or anything else. Relationships with other people, that's also about a heart connection and certainly a connection with one whom we would marry or have married. Personally, personally, I guess I grew up mostly a head stuff guy. Maybe in part that's how God wired me, but that predominated. I learned my lessons in Lutheran day school. I worked hard to get A's and, and to study in Sunday school and to know the facts religion class, which, by the way, is a terrible name for nurturing our kids in the faith. But I studied hard. I put things together. I arranged them in my mind. Gratefully, being called to the ministry, I learned about the heart stuff as well. Head stuff all along the way, even in seminary. But my experience with people over these last number of years has helped me understand that it's also a heart connection with people, with Jesus, and with people with Jesus. And that's probably where I slowly learned and continue to learn about God. 
mirrored in Mary. And we see it in her, don't we? A young teenaged woman who must have been scared to death, who must have been terribly confused and blown away, almost literally, by seeing an angel and then by listening to Gabriel and hearing what he had to say, you, Mary, a virgin, are going to have a child without the help of any man. Can you imagine how that hit her heart and and how it continued to unfold? Her head must have been swimming, trying to figure out what all that meant, what all that was like and would unfold to be. Her heart must have been pounding as well as her head. We read about, we heard about her visit to Elizabeth, her kinsperson, who was also taken up with the fact that she had become a part of God's great plan, being pregnant with the one who would be known as John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus. And not only that, it continued when in the north, Joseph and Mary had to travel with her pregnancy. Can you imagine the heart tugs that they had going those 90-some miles from north to south, pregnant for Mary and likely on a donkey, and then no room for them in the inn with her final days or moments of pregnancy? And it goes on. Her heart. Her heart as she watched Jesus grow up and the kinds of things he did and his resurrection, unbelievable. Her mind, yes, her heart, to be sure. So much to take in, so much to ponder. What a great deal to treasure. And ours, I trust, I pray, is, can be a very part of our faith as well, head as well as heart. And while I'm sure that Mary's umbilical cord was snipped. The tie she had to Jesus never was. Never was separated. There was always a special plate in her heart for that one whom she bore. For most moms, that's true. And to a certain degree, we dads can experience that too. I I talked to one of my doctors this past week, and he almost teared up talking about the fact that he had become a grandparent and how it just totally reoriented who he was. I learned that too and experienced it again when I substituted to a funeral for a man just a week or so ago who had been such a key person in the life of a congregation and in my own life. And it dawned on me again too when a couple of weeks ago went to church, not here, but at late service, went to another, and 19 children were baptized. I almost choke up just thinking about that, and tears came to my eyes as of those 19, two were our grandchildren. It's a heart thing, you see. Even as you relate to each other as members of the body of Christ, but of this very congregation, It's not just all about your head that brings you and keeps you here. It's that heart connection, one with another as well. That's our faith. That's where, as well as other places, God seeks to connect with us. 
we can recognize that today. We can keep that in mind. We can own it. We can embrace it. We can ponder it and treasure it to be sure. I've been praying with you, having you pray with me a short prayer. One last short prayer. Can you join me in praying? Come, Lord Jesus, be our friend. We're having a party. Please attend. A party, not just of the head, but of the heart. In Jesus' name, amen.